Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman, and welcome to Wewa. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to Wewa, also known as What Are You Watching? Where he, Ben, say hi, Ben. Hi. And I, Phil, ask each other that very question. But first, Happy New Year, Ben. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Man, whoever thought we'd be here. <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> But uh, yes, a new year, a new you, as one might say, and a new me who's not going to screw up more podcasts and intros. You hear that? He's done. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> this isn't the third try today. Nope. That's for sure. But uh, Ben, how are you? How are you this new year? I'm great. It's been uh, it's been a great new year so far, these first few days. So many possibilities. You know what uh, makes it great for me this new year? Why? Uh, how about the first piece of news that oh. we have to go over? New year, new news. Abbott Elementary is back. Mm. Today is Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. New episodes come out every Wednesday, of course. And uh, the first episode from the second half of season two, it's not season three, it's just continuation of season two, was really good. Really enjoyed it. It's great. Big great surprise TV here. Show. Great TV show. They don't miss. Should we go into more news? Sure. Uh, happy or sad? Uh, well, are we going to get to both eventually? Yes. Because let's go sad first. And get sad. Uh, Jeremy Renner, an actor that uh, has come up in a few things we've talked about. You know, we covered Hawkeye, some Avengers stuff. One of my favorite movies, Wind River. It's one of your favorite movies. That now. movie rips. It does. I just, I'm surprised it shot up that quickly. No, that movie, that movie's sick. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes. Um. Uh, was in a pretty bad accident over the oh, really? over the holiday. Did you not hear about this? No. He was out in his neighborhood trying to help a stranded vehicle in a snowstorm, and he was in an accident involving a snowplow, and uh, was hospitalized thereafter. Thankfully, his doctor neighbor was able to come out and save his life before it got too bad. Hmm. Save his life before he lost his life. Right. right. Uh, but yeah, he's he's hospitalized and he's. From what I understand, still in the ICU. I haven't seen any updates in a day or two. Oh, I did. That completely went over my head. I had no yeah. idea. So prayers up Thoughts for prayers. Jeremy Renner. He does make an appearance in our main topic of today. Believe it or not, buried Aww. very deeply. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I actually don't think I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to uh, it. Happy news. Happy news. Well, please. happy for you, I should say. Uh. Outer Banks is back, Woo! February twenty third. Man, it is about time. It's Put like it on... six months past when the last season came out last year. We're at like eighteen months, going through withdrawals here. Jeez, <laughs> good for you. Well, um, no more withdrawals for Bad Batch season two because that's on its way. What's the date on that? Oh, it's back. It's up. I think. Oh, it's really? Up. I think the first episode huh. was there. That kind of stuck up. I mean, I did. I did see the trailer, um, but I didn't know it. Was streaming already, so that's exciting. Okay, more sad oh. MCU and Glass Onion adjacent news. Oh man, it's not like sad news. It's just news. Some people are lay, lay it on me. Uh, no one's hurt. Okay. Everyone's okay, okay. Okay, that's good. Uh, but Dave Batista uh, had some words of joy about no longer playing Drax. Oh. Apparently, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie will be the last movie he plays Drax, and he's pretty happy to be done with it. What was that predetermined before the movie that he was going to be done? Or is he just now saying, you know, I don't want any part of this? 
I couldn't tell you. We'd have to dive into the contract stuff on that and yeah. whatnot. And I'm sure he had a decision on, yeah, 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 you, yeah. you know, or at least some say in the matter. But he, he basically came out and said, it's a silly performance and I'm more interested in doing dramatic stuff. Well, when you're doing the same thing in every movie over and over mm-hmm. and like you have your pigeonhole into this little thing, then it's like, come yeah. on, I and can so, do other things. So... Uh, I would say spoiler, but it's probably in the title of the podcast. So we are our main topic of discussion is Ryan Johnson's A Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Bautista does star in that, mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson had really uh, good things to say about working with Dave Bautista. Said he's definitely the best wrestler turned actor when it comes to acting, and he actually has some real chops. Yeah, I thought he's pretty natural. Yeah, and he Ryan Johnson spoke really highly of him just as a as a performer, a dramatic actor. So uh, maybe this is a sign of things to come for him but do people universally speak highly of ryan johnson films yeah all of them not the star wars <laughs> one but pretty much everything else right, he's right, made right, is right. pretty sick <laughs> um the acclaimed video game last of us is uh, soon to hit hbo max january 15th seen a billion ads for that yeah they are running the piss out of those ads it's everywhere and there is oh last thing this is good news streaming news netflix news mm. uh netflix just launched a new subscription option that is 6.99 but with ads instead of 19.99 or 20, it's even like 22 it's, bucks now i think it depends on like what if you're going like 4k it's that high yeah. some of us don't have 4k so we get away with like the 17 dollars a month oh i have to do the 4k one because i'm a snob. You and your lousy but, big tv yeah <laughs> you know why flaunt it if you got it right um but yeah there's now a 6.99 option that comes with ads which oh. honestly ads really aren't that big of a deal to me like i watch hulu shows with ads and yeah it's same. not a problem it's not that big a deal like if i'm depends watching, on what you're watching though i think it's, it's if you're watching tv it's it's almost natural yeah if you're watching a movie i i don't I don't love it on movies, but it's also, it's not all movies are created equal when it comes to that. Like there are some where it'll be like, I've never had more than like the first half hour. It'll have like two ad breaks and then be done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's just like a really long one at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the whole one will be, the whole movie will be ad free. That's more what I've found. So it's not as big a deal in movies because mm-hmm. they just don't really stuff it full. Hulu right now is doing that thing where it's like, you could watch this whole trailer, but it's like two and a half minutes long, but then you won't get, commercials for the rest of the episode yeah. and then the trailer is just the next spider-verse trailer and like every time yeah i'll watch it again <laughs> I don't sign care. me up <laughs> yeah inject it into my veins i'm here for it um but yeah that's all the uh news and updates that i had did you have anything you wanted to talk no, about kind of kind of sad stuff there but you hate to see it but also some stuff on the up and up yes and of course we are not a sports podcast but prayers and thoughts for damar hamlin mm-hmm. we, as we were watching that and it was something we very were tough watching. to see yep. tough to see yep but it sounds like he's doing better yes. uh, and is headed in the right direction he's so. won the game of life yes that's what doctors his doctors would say him. yeah all right well then i think we should probably take a quick break and then come back with a discussion about netflix's a glass onion Welcome back to the show. Ben, would you start us off? What did you think of Netflix's Glass Onion? Initial take. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, I never saw the first one. You never saw the first one? No, no. Um, so I came into this just completely as its own thing. 
Um, so this is its own thing. It is its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I understand, but no context. The first one's so good. I, I, I know. It's one of those classic things that everyone's seen it and I haven't, but... Um, I, I watched the first, like, we're just telling you, I watched the first half hour of this movie like two weeks ago over Christmas with the family and then went to bed or something and then just picked up the last two hours. It was my birthday. I got a little sleepy. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it just the same. Uh, it's a good mystery with good performances. It's entertaining. It's moves quickly. And I was a little disappointed with the ending. It wasn't all that satisfying to me but not enough to like take away from the experience overall yeah we'll do let's just talk about it as a movie before we when we'll just have like a before we close out the segment we'll do a spoiler yeah, yeah stuff yeah. and you can skip like a few minutes to avoid that stuff um yeah so first off first off you definitely need to see knives out because as as this movie is called a glass onion a knives out story it is not really related to the first one in any way besides just daniel craig's mm-hmm. benoit blanc character being in it yeah and the the cool thing is that he's really not even the main character of the first movie yeah. he's just the detective in it That's and anna de armas and chris evans really take on more of kind of like the leading role whereas uh, glass onion really lets daniel craig kind of steal the spotlight and along with janelle monet as as well obviously she she really commands a lot of screen as well um but this was a lot different from the first one too okay a lot of differences going on mainly i would describe the first one as like a whodunit mystery like movie you know um and glass onion was much more of a puzzle movie in my mm-hmm. opinion like it I don't really feel like the murderer was ever all that like in question or suspenseful, but they did some really fun puzzle things and even some like tricks of the eye and, and eye trickery and whatnot that uh, really just made it for a, an enjoyable movie present uh, movie presentation. And um, so obviously a lot of really familiar actors that, that were all um, really that we all enjoy and made it a lot of fun to watch. And some, according to Ryan Johnson, very, very untimely <laughs> parallels to the real world. Yeah. I, the COVID thing was kind of odd. Like, I've never seen a movie where it's like COVID was like that ingrained into it. I don't know if it was on purpose or just based on where they were filming. Those were the, like, regulations they had to go by. But it's really jarring when you're just, like, purposely setting a movie in that very short time period that the, we all hate and want to forget yeah. happened. And it, it didn't play like a very, it didn't have like a huge role to play in the movie. Well, which they, is why it was odd because it was just kind of like background, but it didn't need to be there because it had nothing to do with anything. It's just kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. It felt like there was maybe a scene or two deleted from the Benoit Blanc is depressed storyline, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause they have this, He's in the bath all the time and he doesn't like his old hobbies don't interest him and the pandemic's been tough on him. And it's like, that's all relevant, like discussion and whatnot, but it immediately goes away with a aggressive Ethan Hawke with his Moon Knight do cameo. And then you never see Ethan Hawke again either. Mm-hmm. And like you never see COVID again either. Yeah. You know, it's like once they're on the island. Right. It's, it's like, what's, what's even the point? Yeah. And they don't go back to it either. No. It's just, yeah, kind of odd, but why was Ethan did... Hawke there? <laughs> I was wondering that too. You said I thought he had a couple appearances. 
but no, I'm pretty sure he just had the one. Oh, what else do you think he did? I might be mixing him up with someone else. They're just like ran the random guy who showed up like three times on the yeah, island. Yeah, that wasn't Ethan Hawke. Oh, do you know who Ethan Hawke is? <laughs> uh, so back to the uh, movie at hand, A Glass Onion. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> COVID, <laughs> I think. Just what we all want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so Ethan Hawke was the assistant that shot them all in the mouth with the tranquilizer oh, thing. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. See, that was two weeks ago when I saw that. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Then, that's totally okay, then. I didn't, know who, tell he, I, I didn't know who Ethan Hawke was two weeks ago either, so that's it's okay. I feel like you're yanking my chain right now. I, yeah, I am. I knew who I Ethan Hawke I don't like that. <laughs> How do you not know who Ethan Hawke is? Okay, I okay. we're moving past this. What else about this movie should we talk about before we get into the spoiler stuff? Um, Very, very well put together cast, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they all play off of each other really strongly. Uh, who do you think like stood out the most? Well, it'd been a really long time since I'd seen Kate Hudson in a movie, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed her, what she was bringing to the table. Uh, and Catherine Hahn is always a delight as well. Um, so I would say of the non, like of the disruptors, I guess, like I would say those two, uh, Ed Norton was kind of just doing Ed Norton things. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, doing what he did. I thought, I was I was kind of struggling with Janelle Monae's performance until the twist mm-hmm. came up, and then it was like okay, this actually makes a lot more sense. And from there on, like it the it worked a lot better for me, which I think upon rewatching would it would work the whole time, you know? Yeah. Um. So that was kind of there, and Daniel Craig's obviously. I thought he very was. Good. I thought he was a standout. He was quite good, yeah. but of the like. Who done it? Cast. I think Kate Hudson was probably the. Uh, the we'll call it the Six Man of the Year award for that. For sure. Because yeah, yeah. you know side cast, but most enjoyable performance I thought, mm-hmm. except for uh, your very own Klein girl. Klein girl. <laughs> yeah. That's her name, isn't it? Yeah, Klein. Klein. First name Klein. Last name girl. No, I. As much as I gotta stand up for Outer Banks, I. She was kind of just background. Yeah, movie. she didn't have a whole lot to do. No, but you know, not everyone can. So not can be it's okay. She's already got a flagship franchise to run. This is just a season side three. Project. Season three. Season three. February twenty fourth, baby. Uh, we're talking about uh, Dave Bautista earlier. Yes, yes. Um, the dramatic actor that he is. Very dramatic. <laughs> Did you enjoy uh, his performance in this movie? Yeah, it was kind of tough to figure out what they were going for with him. Um, and even some of like the Google alert and that like stuff. That was distracting. That it didn't, I don't know if it made as much sense to me as I would like to admit. Like, I, I don't think I understood. I feel, they, like, they said those parts really fast and then breezed past it. I, uh-huh. I was kind of confused on what was going on, but and yeah so that was i don't know um it it was good though and i thought dave was fun uh he was it's hard not to think that ryan johnson was maybe poking fun at a few 
specific people, particularly in the podcasting world, oh, uh, no with, that, with, with that character. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dave's great. I've I, fun fact for you actually. When I was a child, I was really into the WWE, and I had two favorite wrestlers, and Dave Bautista was my second. Really? Yes. Well, who's first? Uh, Rey Mysterio. Hmm. Yes, I had. Uh, I had action figures for both of them, and uh, I'm sure I could probably still find the Dave Batista one somewhere in my parents' house, but uh, we'll save that for another podcast as well. <laughs> the hunt for Dave. Yeah, so well, Dave's great, and uh, I, what was his character's name? Uh, Duke. Duke? Yeah. Yeah, so Duke was fun, and it, it was one of those movies where the cast is all recognizable names, and it's all recognizable actors, but the characters they're playing, it's all like how are they going to explain that these people are friends mm-hmm. and like, how are they going to make that work and how is there going to be chemistry here? But it all really worked. It, yeah, it yeah. worked really well. I thought, I, I thought maybe Kate Hudson's character had the most work to do in like melding into the cast a little bit, but that's why I kind of think she had the best performance. Cause I think she did, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think Catherine Hahn could have chemistry with anybody on screen like she's just con- she just commands mm-hmm. the camera so well that uh, it's gonna work if she's on screen so that was a great casting for her as well i feel like it's hard to really go any farther without talking about like the twists and the okay. spoilers so we've reached the spoiler so, form of the podcast yeah. skip forward if, if you're a loser and haven't seen this movie yet Skip forward to the Weiwa segment. Yeah. You, you still put the time breakdown. Oh, right? of course. Okay. Skip forward to Weiwa at whatever time Ben says in the caption. Um, the big twist happened a lot earlier than I thought it would. So the big twist being Janelle Monet's twin or yes, Dave Batista's. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So Janelle Monet was not playing the character. Well, I don't remember the character. She was not names. playing Andy Brand. She was playing Andy's twin sister who was pretending to be andy brand yes who is the friend of all of these people yes which in a whodunit kind of plot line could be kind of dumb and kind of be an eye-rolly gimmick but i genuinely enjoyed it in this movie Well, because they they used it to move the solving of the mystery forward there wasn't really any mystery solving that happened how you thought it was going to that part didn't really start until they made that reveal and then let mm-hmm. her start picking up the pieces and, and putting it together. And you got to see that as the audience too. So it was different. It was interesting. Is there anything that you do better drunk to the point where you would consider starting to drink more because you're so much better at that thing as her character was at solving crime? I'll just choose not to answer that okay. question. <laughs> uh, that led to one of my favorite lines of the movie was, you should really consider drinking because you're good at this. Which was right before the Serena Williams cameo as well, which was really delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the twist being, um, so basically she it was revealed that her twin sister, who had been a, the ex-partner of Ed Norton's billionaire character, had been murdered or reportedly killed herself and uh Benoit Blanc was able to use some of his connections to keep that out of the news for a while so that he could come and solve this murder on this uh, on this island. Mm-hmm. Although he's not really doing the murder solving. No. Which is the subversion of your expectations. He did solve the murder mystery game quite quickly. <laughs> that, which, that was, that was a really fun scene. <laughs> but, you know, um, 
Yeah. Do so. I get an iPad? <laughs> <laughs> what do we win? <laughs> it's like when he keeps like pushing and pushing back on um on on Miles is like trying to get him to explain what's what like the rules are. It's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yes. And so, okay. So we get the reveal that Janelle Monet is a twin. And then we get a really fun kind of montage of her joining like the the investigation mm-hmm. they show the shot of benoit blanc like looking over batista's shoulder yeah, that was really and then funny the, to me they've shown it that, that was one of the more standout scenes of the movie is when they're lacing in like how she actually like fits into yes. everything we've seen before i think that, that was, was my strong. favorite part yeah. for sure yep. um and is that is that re- that reveal is after batista's character dies right yeah because they switch to it right when you think that she's been murdered she's been like shot mm-hmm. um and then that's when they like go back to the beginning and show you how she fits into all of this so yeah that's after okay he's dead i was about to say after drax is dead <laughs> same thing right he's just staying very still <laughs> so you cannot see him um yeah so that's kind of that was also what i thought was interesting because i don't think it was ever really in question that miles braun is that what his name miles mm-hmm. braun I don't think it was ever really like all that shrouded in mystery that he was the murderer. He was yeah, bad. He was, bad. He, was he was in trouble or something. Yeah. Um it was just solving the puzzle and solving the crime to mm-hmm. to get to that point. And then like the questions of who killed Batista's character, it was like, Well, we're pretty sure it was Ed Norton's character and he's just pretending that it wasn't and that we just need to figure out how and why he did it and it was because Batista got the google alert that their friend was dead so yes them google alerts them google alerts yeah they 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 really uh just sprinted through that stuff like when when he was put when ben was putting it all together and explaining how like the google alerts played into it i was like wait i don't get what's happening but oh well yeah like i said i don't i didn't pick up on as much of that stuff as i would maybe you need to watch admit. it again but i don't know that i like necessarily want to watch this movie five more times just to try to piece it all together again no, i think like, i don't know who done it's are are great ones I've, I've watched knives out a few times but that's just because it's a just an entertaining movie to watch and i'm sure yeah. i'll watch glass onion again at some point i mean i i mentioned i didn't really care for the end it didn't wasn't quite as satisfying as blowing up the entire house should have been. It didn't feel like it was really mm-hmm. leading to anything. And all of the characters like sort of uniting and quote unquote winning. I heard a theory really feel... about this. Oh boy. I heard a theory about this. It's, it's a doozy too. Okay. So Ryan Johnson is a pretty big name in like the filmmaking director world. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he, has opinions about filmmaking and movies and going to the movies and stuff like that. And uh, so a lot of people were really surprised when he took this deal from Netflix to make these movies for, for them because it's kind of against certain things, but they couldn't really blame him because Netflix kind of dropped the bag in front of him and, and really paid the man. Um, So essentially what some people are theorizing is that him taking the Mona Lisa, like this perfect work of art, the most famous painting of all time was his analogy for filmmaking and like the art of cinema and whatnot. And the act of blowing it up and this this maniac billionaire was his, was his 
a metaphor for for Netflix and what Netflix <laughs> is doing to this thing. <laughs> and, I, I love that. Is that, that kind of fun? <laughs> I, I'm buying into the theory because I think it's hilarious that he also is making another movie for them. He signed a two movie deal for, to make. What's he gonna blow up this time? Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and and apparently Glass Onion has been such a big hit for Netflix that they're considering. Uh, they're already talking about adding on to this contract as well, making more. So it just keeps rolling, man. <laughs> I, I love. I, I I secretly love that now. But I do love this Benoit Blanc character. Yes, and yeah, I he's think a standout. I would yeah, say, and it's it's great. It's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Clue for some reason. <laughs> Did you see someone make a meme from that line where? Benoit Blanc goes, it's just dumb. And then it's Taika Waititi saying that, about talking about Thor Love and Thunder, saying, so dumb, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, no, no, it's, it's just, just dumb. dumb. <laughs> I feel like I, that line could be applied to an awful lot of things. Yes, yes. That was the main one that I thought applied to our show, though. So, would you recommend Glass Onion? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I think in terms of movies i think knives out was better i maybe not better i think they were probably just as good of movies but i i definitely enjoyed knives out more um i'm i mean just i'm more prone to murder mystery than like the puzzle game and whatnot and and i don't know maybe the ending even with that theory in place is is still a little weaker than the way the knives out ends and sure whatnot and I, I the cast were were great in both. Though. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else, I mean, you have that working for it. Yeah. So, I did also. I also got to see Knives Out in theaters. I didn't see. Mm. I didn't get to see Glass Onion in yeah. theaters. Interesting. Yeah, straight to Netflix. I think it did get a theatrical release for award purposes, but I don't think it it wasn't anywhere near us in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Uncultured as we are. Yeah. So, MVP of Glass Onion? Benoit Blanc. I know you're probably going to disagree, but... I mean, yeah, I, I don't have any issue with going there. I'd probably, just for sake of being different, I'll give it to, to Janelle Monet. You know, now that you mention it, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, anything else you want to say He's about like, Glass Onion? I need Onion? to end this segment so I can go strangle him. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about uh, Ethan Hawke before we close the segment? Let's out? move on. <laughs> all right, man. Um, all right, we'll, we'll we'll take a break and go to Waywa. <laughs> Welcome back to the best part of the show. The one where we really get down into the nitty gritty of what this show is all about. Ben, what are you watching? Well, we need to uh, play a little funeral tune here because this will be the last time I ever talk about The 100 on this podcast. Likely I story. I finished my rewatch about a week ago, uh, laid it to rest, and boy was it a journey. And boy, did it suck at the end. Had you had you seen this ending before? Yes, and so I was extremely let down when I saw it the first time, right as it came out. On the rewatch, it was still not good, but maybe not as bad as I thought. There's some parts that were very, very stupid, but it also works on a lot of levels too. So, not so much angry, just sort of 
laughing at it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great journey to go all the way back through, see how the show grew and evolved. And then once I finished it, I had a big gaping hole in my heart. So I went and started another young adult dystopian journey. Um, We're not even going to pour one out for the hundred? No, I, I've done enough. Um, unless you want to pour something out just to celebrate that it's finally over. It's, yeah, it is. it's like it's like when Frodo and Sam at the end of Return of the King say it's done. It's over. I'm Gollum in that situation <laughs> because I'm about to throw myself into a volcano. <laughs> Just to make Spoilers it stop. for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> for Lord of the Rings. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he could survive. We we're not saying that he dies if he just jumps into a volcano just keep talking about your (laughs) young adult dystopian Uh, did you ever happen to see the divergent uh movies i think Um, i saw this is one of shailene woodley right i freaking hate shailene woodley so no i haven't watched these (laughs) didn't they they didn't finish these movies because they they were so bad of them i watched the first two because they're on hbo max um i will get to the third one eventually but i'm not i know there were four I think there were four books. There were supposed to be four movies, and they didn't yeah. even make the fourth one because I the think first they like they so did hard. worse and worse financially. But there are plenty of problems. But I didn't think they were half bad. Um, there's enough like good performances in them. I also okay when these movies came out, I was still in the middle of my Miles Teller hate fest. I did not like yeah. Miles well, Teller. Yeah, well, he, he's appropriately annoying. Like he's in these movies, he's annoying in these movies, but his character you're supposed to hate. Okay. So that helps a little bit. Okay. Well, at the time, I did hate him. And no, it wasn't because of Top Gun Maverick that made me lighten up on Miles Teller. It was because of Whiplash. And Zoe Kravitz is in these movies. Is she really? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to reconsider. I love how just one name can make you do a 180, but... I have no comment. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Uh, it's kind of ironic with these movies where... So, you know, like the general universe of Divergent where it's... Yeah, futuristic. They divide. You take like an aptitude test as a teenager to decide what faction you're gonna fit in and what mm-hmm. job you're gonna do the rest of your life. Like the Giver. It's it's literally the Giver. With a parkour police force that runs around and shoots people. Parkour. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it's it's a whole message about breaking out of the system and being unique and being your own person and whatnot. But it's ironic that. Like the like these movies, the setup, the story, like the setting, just the look and feel is the exact same as every other dystopian YA universe there is. <laughs> it's just beautiful, and that that's just very funny to think about as you're watching. Is this is I am seeing nothing new here. Go be your own thing. Go be your own thing. Just like the Hunger as long Games. as you're just <laughs> as long as everything looks and feels the exact same. But by golly, I'm gonna finish this and I'm gonna watch the third one, whatever. Then you'll have to read the fourth book just to figure out what happens. Yeah, you'll be. It's the only option. Yeah, it's it's not a total loss. I mean, there's some of the like the action is well done and entertaining, and there are a few. The the second one is a big step up over the first one, but um, I wouldn't really recommend these to anyone to watch. It's just a cross. I'm gonna bear, so you don't have to. Well, no one was asking you to do that. (laughs) 
If, in fact, if you had asked for advice, I probably would have begged you not. To. <laughs> Just please don't. <laughs> hey, I'm doing this with your HBO Max account, so. Well, you made your own profile, so it's not screwing up my algorithm, so whatever. <laughs> I can click on Do yours it. just as easily. <laughs> oh, I'll kick you off real easily. <laughs> real easily. I wouldn't do that. Okay, I want to move on to something I enjoyed more. Um, wow, you're just really stealing the show over there. Ha- have you seen or heard of a movie called Love and Basketball? Uh, no. It's from 2000. Pre-9-11. Yes. Uh, it is... Um stars omar epps and sanaa lathan i can't say i actually know those names it is yeah it's a little bit older it doesn't have a ton of like recognizable faces in it it does have dennis haysbert who is president palmer in 24 oh okay the all-state guy um but it is a mixed basketball story and love story between as the title would suggest um two kids who grow up together in the same neighborhood and then following them through high school playing and then college as they're both players um it's about two hours it's it time jumps it's split into four quarters basically it's like first quarter second yeah so like the the first quarter is like them being kids growing up second quarter is them in high school third quarter is them in college then fourth quarter is when they've um gone off playing professionally and how they're navigating that but it's um a really solid story on navigating relationships and also playing high level basketball that's really relatable. all i can say without spoiling very relatable very relatable for all of us yes only on the basketball thing for me yeah i don't i don't manage any relationships very well <laughs> i just hoop you just hoop i get just a just a ball in a dream just a ball. but yeah this is a really good movie unfortunately it was on netflix but it went off at the end of the year so Oh, why didn't you tell me sooner? Why are you talking about I this on a podcast like where we of, recommend television I watched movies? It. You can watch it on BET Plus, according to IMDb. Do you have BET Plus? I feel like if I admit that I don't, I'm in trouble. Like <laughs> trap question. Yeah, it's an entrapment, right? <laughs> well, I'll move on before I entrap you. Um, do you have anything? I do. Thank you very much. I have one thing. Only one thing. It's been three weeks, Phil, and you didn't have to work all last week. Why did you only watch one thing? Well, uh, my beloved got me a PS5, and I played all of God of War, too, ah. and uh, didn't have much time to watch anything besides that. So that is my excuse. I'm sticking to it. But I watched a movie that had been on my list for a long time uh, yesterday, actually, I have two things. Never mind. Uh, I watched a movie that had been on my watch list for a long time yesterday. Uh, after you know, we had, we watched Black Panther together a few weeks ago, and I was feeling a Chadwick-sized hole in my life, and I wanted to watch something with him. And uh, Twenty One Bridges was just sitting there on Netflix, mm-hmm. a new edition, and I finally got it off my watch list. Um, and boy, that movie slaps. The movie is a fun hour and a half. It it's fast. It's just Chadwick Boseman being dope and a pretty interesting like behind the scenes crime storyline kind of going on. But essentially, if you're not familiar, uh, Chadwick Boseman is the son of a cop who was murdered on duty and has now taken on a detective role where it's kind of hinted at that his main kind of work is actually hunting down cop killers and uh he 
is known as a trigger with a T trigger uh, because he, he has fired his gun a lot on um, the job. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after a few cops are murdered in this drug heist gone bad, uh, he gets called in and a few people are and JK Simmons character basically says like, glad we got the right man for the job. I heard you were with eternal affairs today. Wouldn't be, wouldn't I would, I'd be happy to see you there again tomorrow. Meaning, go kill go these, go, go kill these cop murderers, right? And so, basically, it's called Twenty One Bridges because Chadwick Boseman's first move is they're like they they have this like discussion about where these guys are going to be. They're like they're in Manhattan. I want all Twenty One Bridges in and out of this island closed, and that's why it's called Twenty One Bridges. Hmm. Interesting. So, is this still on Netflix? Yes, it just got added to Netflix okay. recently, um, and so it's it's been big there for a week or so uh but it, like i said i remember seeing trailers for this one in movie theaters and being excited for it and then just never kind of for, getting around to yeah, it yeah yeah um but yeah you know it's just a it's just a good hour and a half cop movie you know you just need some of those in your life sometimes and unfortunately it, it kind of put me in a a sad bit after just reflecting on chadwick boseman's yeah. career and realizing that like wow he really did have like a 30 year career ahead of him of mm -hmm. just making like cool movies you know like even after he was done playing black panther like he he was just going to be a really cool actor and like could have potentially even reached like denzel washington like heights with the type of movies he's capable of making and yeah so it's just it was just kind of sad but uh if you have that chadwick hole and uh you want to go watch 21 bridges i highly recommend it it's a it's a good time and nice. it's quick it's only an hour and yeah. a half yeah it doesn't um, waste your time yeah, I'm always looking for just good hour and a half movies that just you know. When, get when you when them. you see like over two hours, that's when it's kind of like turns you away in some cases. I think at least for me, it's not it's not an automatic. How no many watch. hours was the hundred? Okay, what else do you have? <laughs> uh, there was a documentary recently added uh, to HBO Max called "This Place Rules." Um. It is a documentary brought to us by a YouTube creator named Andrew Callahan, who became famous making YouTube videos where he just asked people about their deepest, darkest secrets and then posted it. <laughs> and this guy made a documentary about the events leading up to the January 6th uh, events at the Capitol. Hmm. And uh, this is a really hard documentary to watch it sometimes, but it's really, it's really good. Um, it's, it's, takes a lot of interesting perspectives the main thing i like about it is that he's not really taking a stance on the politics so it's obviously getting very into the republican party and like the extremists on that side and it's also getting into the democrats and the extremists on that side but he's not taking a stance that like these people are right these people are wrong he's 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 mainly interviewing the type of people that did that thing mm -hmm. and why they were susceptible to what took them there and how the media and extremists on certain sides, like, you, you know, the Alex Jones character, like the Infowars guy, how people like that kind of took advantage of a person who was kind of susceptible to this and pushed them to do things like this. And uh, so, and he even has like a full interview with Alex Jones in the movie or in the documentary. That's nuts. It's wild. And there, there is a clip from it that's blowing up online 
where this extremist that he's talking to is just claiming all these celebrities and famous like Democrats are pedophiles. And then he pulls up this file being like, you know, I need to talk to you about this because in 1999 or whatever it was, you were convicted. Like you were, you're a convicted pedophile. And like, (laughs) it, it, it's a, it's a pretty wild interview. Um, and, uh, but I, I think it's, it's a good watch. Um, it's politically heavy. So if that's not something you're interested in getting into, uh, avoid it. Like you're not missing out on stuff if that's not what you care about. But like I said, I don't think it, it doesn't really get all that heavy in the politics. It's more just focusing on like radicals and mm-hmm. things that are kind of upsetting, but it's a really interesting take on like, how did we get here kind of thing? Like, how did this happen? And yeah. how did, who who's really to blame here you know and uh so i thought that was good it's not very long either i think it was about an hour and a half and it's funny too but also the language is really really bad i I would imagine yes lots of just interviews in the middle of protests so if you don't like watching people yell at each other or just people being unpleasant that's also a turn off got it yeah do you have anything else no no that that's a wrap all right. Well, you wanna wanna you wanna talk about the hundred more? No, no, because we're done with that forever. Yes, thank God. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed, thank gods. if if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, give us a nice glowing review wherever you get your podcasts, and go ahead and give us a follow. Follow us on Instagram at Waywa underscore pod cast cast podcast podcast we are on instagram now go give us a follow we do some real fun things over there as always thanks for listening have a happy new year and we'll see you next time